And the discovery of self-preservation and safety isn't merely about learning a technique to apply against a bad guy, although most martial arts systems today are, are systemized like this. I think that this type of approach is uh, pretty short-sighted at best, lacking uh, most of the critical principles of escalation and de-escalation, both of which rely on the practitioner's deeper understanding and exposure to more reality-based training uh, at many more levels than is what you know than is what's popular in most of the martial arts academies around today. Welcome to the Close Quarter Dad podcast: discussions about raising your kids with confidence, safety, and resilience. I'm your host, Adam Mitchell, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It even has little to do with neutralizing uh, an enemy combatant in, say, a field of battle. Now, although those are important outcomes and distinct outcomes of the study of martial arts, it's not really uh, why the study of martial arts should be pursued. True martial arts really has everything to do in my opinion, again, with uh, developing the skills to remain in control, especially under very dire circumstances. Now, of course, the skills and certain proficiencies of my students uh, as they mature uh, and as their time spent training kind of stacks up, uh, they're going to become better at what they do. They're going to become more proficient. They're going to become more capable uh, and more effective, ultimately. But more important is is the maturity of their ability to remain in control as anxiety and fear and shock and trauma or loss of life become extremely real within those moments. So due to the constant exposure of the survive at all costs simulation in the dojo, in the training environment, my students can become more adapt to these circumstances and uh, quell the psychological changes during this type of escalation. I, I see a lot of value in that. And, and it's really, it's really about self-control. These are the things, uh, these are the things of battle uh, and being able to demonstrate control under horrible conditions is really uh, the hallmark of a warrior. So like, if, if you think about it, any brute can cut another person down with a blade or a bullet, but a warrior will complete the battle before it escalates into chaos. There's all sorts of quotes um, through time and memorial of, of historical warriors who make note of this. Um, but ultimately, they will survive. And if they do not, the legacy that they left will certainly allow those remaining to share a higher standard of living. That's what it's about. This is how I've come to know the meaning of martial arts and the ultimate reason that I study them, that we study them uh, here in the West. And in Japanese, this, this term, the way of the warrior uh, is come, has been come to known, be, has been come to be popularized by a book that came into the West uh, called Bushido, The Soul of Japan by Inazo Nitobe. So uh, if you haven't read that, I would encourage you to read it. It's a, it's a pretty complex read. Uh, Nitobe was, uh, was very much a scholar, uh, and he's able to bring a lot of the, um, the, the ways, uh, the perspectives of the Japanese bushi at the time or the warrior of the time into uh, a Western paradigm. So there are some abridged versions 
of the book that I would suggest. Uh, but it, it's definitely something that everyone who is interested in this topic should read. So the the arts that I've dedicated a lot of my life to understanding have remained relatively unch- have been unchanged since the Warring States period in Japanese history called the Sengoku Jedi. Um, yet they've adapted in many interesting ways to the times and technologies of, of today, of the present day. But we still retain a lot of the old protocol and wear the old, uh, the gi or the old attire during our training. Our dojo is uh, always smells of uh, working out inside uh, like a pizza oven. It's always hot in here when it's hot outside. Uh, and it's always cold in the dojo when it's cold outside. But still, each day, we're able to step our bare feet onto the tatami matted floor of the dojo and begin to practice in formats shared by, by previous generations of these warriors. The simulation of death and survival occurs over and over again, day after day, year after year. And we're dedicated to preserving this tradition and these ways with all that we have while applying the principles of cause and effect found into our modern day routines and relationships. Now, the ambition to learn timeless lessons within a laboratory such as a dojo, and of course your laboratory might be different, but for me, it's the dojo. It's coined in the Japanese term, onko chishin, summed up to mean similar to the study of something old in order to understand what is new. Uh, But while we begin to study this old thing, we should look to discover those layers that have been cast away due to progress. They're there and moving from us slowly. They exist in the memories of our grandfathers as foggy discussions with those grandfathers. And as each wrinkled face passes on, so too does our chance to claim their memories as our own. So-called progress creates obsolescence to that which is otherwise very much a human experience. The sword appears to have been replaced by the rifle. Plants are replaced in most parts by the world now. Plants have been replaced by the most part in the world by profitable medications. Relationships build up uh, in families and at the dinner table. During moments of faith and prayer, they're now replaced by the television and the microwave. Spiritual tenets replaced by science. Now, is there any reason why a child should know why the wind blows and the leaves on the tree uh, faces a certain direction when that wind blows? When they have CNN to look at or they have Google to look for the answer in? So as you know, I could go on and on, yet we all know that progress can so often get in the way of itself, and nowhere is it more important than uh, the reason that I'm talking about here today in this episode. To deeply understand the arts of olden times, if you haven't been indoctrinated or haven't been witness to them, you got to peel back the many layers that they have. One of the most important layers uh, is also the one that uh, is mostly forgotten due to the conveniences that technology has brought into our uh, lives each day over the last century. The old crafts have really become more and more uh, a hobbyist's routine for those willing to spend the money for an hour or so each week in exchange for a half-cooked training experience. Or in the case of martial arts, 
It's a trendy way to stay fit and uh, healthy. This forgotten layer of martial arts is as important to the soldier as the sun was to the farmer. And simply put, it's understanding the natural law and the ability to easily coexist with nature that's been lost within the curriculum of almost all martial arts. You see, there was no air conditioning in the dojo. There was no oscillating fans, no oil burners or wood stoves. If you were cold, you warmed yourself up. If you were warm, you cooled yourself down. There were no insurance policies, liability release forms, or hospitals a few short minutes away to fix a cracked rib. If you were broken, it was due to your negligence or the fault of your training partners. You were accountable for your wounds and to fix yourself, or in some cases, possibly your sensei would send you off to a colleague who could do so. But regardless, it wasn't easy. Shame was something that was just not acceptable in the life of a warrior, and accountability for every action was an absolute priority. But there's another side to all this, a side that was uh, very connected, like I said, to the natural world that we humans live in. Soldiers of the olden times didn't have a radar or satellites, as you know, yet the necessity for understanding weather patterns was paramount. They didn't have medevac or triage centers, yet understanding the healing qualities of fauna was essential. Soldiering involved tracking the enemy, moving at night, operation of efficient and protected supply lines, and taking advantage of immediate natural resources. The solitary soldier, whether in the action of enemy escape or recognizance, had to be extremely proficient with adapting to their surrounding and literally becoming the wild. Now, without an absolute comfort in nature, none of these tactics would be possible, as you can imagine. But critical information would not be able to be delivered and capture would most likely be imminent and victory, of course, never possible. The speed soldiers moved on foot through the wild was unimaginable in today's standard. Most skilled combatants of olden times could vanish and reappear in a way that by today's standards would seem nothing more than magical. To them, it was just naturally a part of who they were. These are the skills that are so quickly being lost in the dojo of today. So this isn't anything that's solely Japanese either. In, in fact, cultures around the globe share identical characteristics in their warrior history. Oftentimes, we hear about the warrior retiring to be a farmer or a humble farmer rising up to become one of the greatest military heroes. There's a very real reason for this relationship between the warrior and the farmer, as both professions depend heavily on their ability to capitalize on natural patterns and function at an extremely minimalist level when needed. So it's, it's been my discovery that one can read Nitobe's tenets in the same manner as a manuscript for the caretaking of the earth. And Bushido is most certainly the way of the warrior, yet its mirror image, in my opinion, is a model for following natural law. The woods were once a child's playground. I, I mean, it was for me. And it, it was a place where little ones would wander safely in most of the time. Their wonderful minds would be able to create a majestic world somewhere 
in the pines or the oaks that surrounded their homes or neighborhood. Here, they would play, they'd make believe, and they'd learn. Today, we fear this. Parents build fences to keep their kids from wandering into the woods. Kids no longer ride their bikes to school, let alone discover the wonders that lie under a rotting log or at the end of the prints they find in the mud of the forest floor. As a martial artist of the old ways and as a dad to four little ones myself, I just find this so unacceptable. So as I go forward in these episodes and this information that I share with you and my thoughts and my reflections, children want their parents to be their teachers and their heroes. And I want you to be that for your child. Take them into the woods. Teach them step by step what they would need to do if ever lost so that they may be found quickly and they wouldn't get scared. They would be confident. And as parents, we sometimes cringe at the thought of our little ones alone, cold, confused, scared in a place where they could quickly perish. But equipping them ourselves with simple knowledge can protect us and them from ever facing this dark reality. And in this episode and the ones that follow, I hope to provide you with some ideas, some concepts, some inspiration, and maybe even to be able to create your own field guide so that you're capable of doing this for your own children. Should your child ever become lost in the woods or even in a city or an urban setting, you'll be comforted in knowing that their survival window is greatly in their favor because of the lessons you've taught them. But there's a deeper goal for me as I share this with you. And as I've spoke about the priority of coexistence of a warrior and that coexistence that they must have with nature, I failed to provide a real reason for delving into the warrior lifestyle to begin with. Why would I bring this up uh, in a topic about survival or even one about wilderness survival? Well, in the eyes of your children, you are the strongest person in the world. No Spartan or gladiator could ever strike you down. You are a warrior. So be that role for them and be it while you can. Yes, we all have our weaknesses. We all have our own shortcomings, but life passes too quickly and you're only provided with a flash in the moment of time to create the memories for your children that are going to resonate for generations. Be the elder that is spoken of by your great-grandchildren, the one who gave a model for survival and simplicity for the family for many generations to come. Create your legacy. Now's the time. And as you hear me right now, I'm certain that some may think they're just not strong enough to be that person. And whether it's you're a single mom or an overworked dad, a single dad, or a father who's just out of shape or just doesn't feel that you have the capacity or the knowledge to be able to do this, I charge to you that none of your inadequacies mean anything in my message. To your children, you could be no greater than how you are right now at this moment. And maybe you dropped your daughter off at school and she's pissed off at you about something. And maybe your son is unhappy with the relationship that you and your wife have. Who knows what the reasons are? But I'm telling you that it is all about your children and how they see you, not how you see you. You don't need to learn the skills of war to be a warrior for your children. Just show them how to have what it takes 
when it counts. Now, my lessons that I have on my program, Close Quarter Dad, will give you one small model to begin that journey with them to spend such valuable time in their lives. There are many other programs and systems out there that you can follow. The information is there, but please, my message, my most important message to you is don't wait any longer. Time doesn't stand still. Get started. Be the hero you once pretended that you were. Now's your chance. Teach them to love, to not fear. Teach them to build, create, play, pretend, protect, and to love a place that is most real for the warrior in them, and that's nature. To your legacy as a parent and a warrior, I'm counting on you, and good luck. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I want to thank you for spending time with us on this episode today. It's truly appreciated. I hope you got some value from it. If you want to go ahead and leave any comments or questions, reach out to me directly. I personally answer all of the questions that you have. If you know someone like yourself who may find value in this episode, then please go ahead and share it. We'd also like to ask you to subscribe to Close Quarter Dad. This way you get updated every time a new episode comes out wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you so much once again, and we'll see you on the next episode of Close Quarter Dad.